The second universal practical aspect of philosophy of language in its practical changes in meanings or changes in the use and usefulness of words, which are their meaning. The second practical aspect is the fact that any resulting change in meaning does not embody either physical or metaphysical foreknowledge. That is, regardless of how ethically and thus aesthetically pleasing the change in meaning may be, the change in meaning will not necessarily change reality to meet the teleological motivations for the change so as to be pragmatically or even naturally true. Once a social act of will through social construction successfully leads to a change in meaning, the change will not necessarily change reality so as to achieve the teleological or normative goals for making the change, though it might. Reality is still what it is, and we cannot lose sight of this fact, as so often is lost sight of in postmodernist and social justice philosophy, and particularly in in its philosophy of language. Conceptually, at present, person has more power than water. By making water a person, though this raises the power of water to equality with a person in our conceptualization of reality, because all power is relative, this equality means reducing the power of person to the same as that of water in our conceptualization of reality. What effect this, this will to power for water at the expense of person will have in the pragmatics of our conceptualization of reality is an unknown. Just as when the Supremes of the Supreme Court in their wisdoms in their wisdom made corporations persons for many purposes, this change in meaning strengthened, strengthened the power of corporations, but weakened that of persons in the sense that persons were no longer more powerful than corporations. Perhaps the best example of such distinction is the word abortion. Making a fetus mean the same as choice is a result of the teleological or normative goal of giving a pregnant woman the power of life or death over a certain form of life. The reality of that form of life and its death have not changed by this change in meaning, and the final effect of such a change in meaning upon the reality of a society and its cohesion upon a society that allows and enforces such change in meaning by violence is unknown. As the philosopher Thomas Nagel said about evolutionary explanations for ethics and morality, quote, even if we took the most optimistic view possible and assumed that in general men's consciousnesses have been approximately molded by evolutionary forces, the best we could hope for is that they should lay down principles which have been useful. Unlike the God it has replaced, natural selection cannot be supposed to possess or to embody foreknowledge. If the human race perishes in a nuclear war, it may, it may well be, although there will be no one or, or alive to say it, that scientific beliefs did not, in a sufficiently long time scale, promote survival. Yet, that will not have been because the scientific theories were not rationally accept- acceptable, but because our use of them was irrational. In fact, if rationality were measured by survival value, then the proto-beliefs of the cockroach, who has been around for tens of millions of years longer than we, would have a far higher claim to rationality than the sum total of human knowledge. Uh, Close quotation. 
we could see these two practical aspects of philosophy of language of work in the present and continually uh, arguments, ongoing arguments for regarding the meaning of sex and gender. I will apply these two practical aspects to these arguments in the next episode so that uh, you can contemplate how they work in reality and how philosophy of language works in reality.